0: I do on scene, I'll be assuming Caroline Street Command. I got a two and a half story wood occupied multiple dwelling. I got heavy fire from the second floor, Charlie side. I have an exposure on the Delta side. We have one line stretch not in operation yet. Primary searches are underway. Status of the fire is doubtful. Welcome back, fans of the Volley Chief. Today's episode is going to be just me. I'm uh, currently actually on vacation. I just completed running the Dopey Challenge in Disney World, so I ran a 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon, four days in a row. My feet are a little beat up. My legs are extremely sore, but I pulled through it thanks to the help of my team. You know who you are. And um, I'm... going to fire a show off at you while I'm sitting here trying to recover. Today's show is going to be a little bit about the, the history of the search and rescue uh, program at the Stormy Village Corps with our canine division. It was something that uh, I was uh, intricately involved in. I, I came up with the idea, I presented it, I fundraised, I acquired everything and through the help of a lot of friends and a lot of good people, we were able to get the program off the ground up and running and had a lot of success with uh, implementing a search and rescue canine program i guess we'll go back to the beginning in 2004 we responded to a couple of back-to-back missing persons one was a kid who was missing in the downtown area we spent a couple hours in the night trying to find him, and it was actually he came out of the back door of his building and went in to the back door of the neighboring building, which in our downtown, they were only you know, a couple hundred feet apart, but the, nobody knew he was in there. He kind of went into one of the neighbors' apartments that he was familiar with. The police department at Derby at the time didn't have a canine. The area canine officers were off that night. We were just basically trekking through the night, groups of members, flashlights and thermal imaging cameras. And eventually the neighbor came out and said, what's going on? And then it was discovered that the, the child was in their house. Within a week of that, we had an elderly dementia patient wander away from their home. And they actually spent the night out in the cold and they weren't found until the next morning. I, we didn't know what to do. We were responding to a couple of calls like these. We had the river walk, We had the State Park. We, we occasionally had a missing person or a person injured or a person that ran away. And we were still doing it, I guess you'd say, then the old-fashioned way by looking for them teams, groups of members going out it happens frequently a lot of times you get dispatched. you go out for a missing person you start searching and you're using just teams of guys with thermal imaging cameras walking around looking at the garbage cans looking everywhere and the technology has evolved we we've you know we've been using canines for a very long time for stuff like this uh, now with the advent of drones that's a whole other topic of conversation that we're going to have soon about a drone program for your volunteer department It's just something that I kind of took a little bit of an interest in. I thought it'd be pretty cool if we could somehow come up with a better way to respond to these incidents. So fast forward from those incidents till 2005, we were approached by our police department to have several of our members of the ambulance corps to respond with the police department's entry teams when they made tactical entries to provide medical care. Being the good stewards of the fire service that we are, we just didn't want to send the members in there with no training, so we did a little bit of digging, we found, we selected three members. It was myself, uh, Mike Wittick, you're all familiar with, and Danny Mascola. We found a tactical medic training program out of Savannah, Georgia. We signed up, we went down, it was a week-long program, excellent program, the name of the company is uh, Rescue Training Inc. out of Savannah, Georgia. I highly recommend them. The director, Dave Hall, tremendous guy, they, were providing us with this week-long tactical medic class. They had two instructors that were there. They were uh, had four canines between them. They were search and rescue canines or, or uh, disaster dogs, all labs, and, and they were tremendous. The dogs just blew everybody away with how smart they are. And, and if you've ever been a canine handler, you know that usually the, the dumb end of the leash is the, the guy holding it. And the smarter end is the one with four paws on the ground. After watching them, I, I became very interested in how they were doing it. I, I got talking with them. I got some ideas about if I were to do this, what it would cost, how it would work. And I came back to Derby and I, I really wanted to get this on the ground. I had a stroke of luck. The manager of the local Walmart in Derby at the time, he had just been relocated. One of the hurricanes hit the Gulf Coast, and the Walmart relocated him to manage the Derby store till his home was repaired and rebuilt. And when I approached Walmart about giving us money, now a, a, a thing that most people don't realize is every major retailer, big box store has a budget, a line item for community projects from your Home Depot's to your Walmart's to your obviously like your Chick-fil-A's, your McDonald's, they, they eat this stuff up. And a lot of the volunteer fire service don't, don't realize this exists. If you're trying to do a smaller project, couple thousand dollar, project these are a great spot for funding go to them establish relationships with them ask them hey do you have a corporate program for donations a lot of them do and a lot of them will say to you oh geez i never knew that you guys needed the money or or oh my god we'd love to give you money because it's a it's great it's your volunteer service it's in your community so the walmart was on board right off the bat the second place we went to was our local hospital griffin hospital in derby and they also signed on so armed with some money from our local Walmart and Griffin Hospital, I turned to another uh, expert in the field and that was uh, Storm Engine Company captain. And his full-time job was he was a shift commander in the Seymour Police Department, John D'Antona. Growing up when we were teenagers, John was a Seymour police officer. Uh, John was also a canine handler. No one will ever doubt who the smarter pair of that combo was. What, you know, We all know it was not John. But I approached him and asked him, and he's the one who he knew of uh, Seeing Eye in Morristown, New Jersey. It was a, a school for, uh, you know, service dogs, for uh, blind service dogs. And he, he had a contact there. So I reached out to the contact and told him I was interested in getting one of their dogs. And when the dog fails, you know, the, the Seeing Eye dog is the highest uh, disciplined dog. Of all the dogs that are out there, of all the service animals, the, the seeing eye dog is the highest or the top tier. So when they have a pr- dog that fails, they get relegated and they become, you know, they had labs. So it was going to be some type of service dog other than a seeing eye dog. I was able to, fortunately enough to, to, through John, we were able to take a ride down and I, you know, I'll never forget. We drove down to New Jersey. We went in, we, we met with the people, signed some paperwork. They gave us a tour of the facility, and it was cool. It was, like, it was like movie set after movie set so that they could teach the dogs different environments. You know, there was airplanes. There was buses. There was all different environments for them to work the dogs through. So we went to the pen where all the, the dogs were, and the class that was graduating was the K class. So all the dogs had the name K. And lo and behold, we looked, and I kind of went with the dog that seemed the laziest. I figured, you know, hey, he's going to be hanging around a firehouse a lot probably go with the one that seems the most calm cool and lazy and lo and behold i i received canine kevin so kevin was actually a black lab golden retriever mix but he was uh you know looking at him you thought he was a black lab and he was a tremendous dog so i got this dog back to derby and i i had no idea how to train him so john obviously said to me no problem i mean for him it was old hat you know he was a canine handler for years and at the time, the current Seymour canine handler, Todd Ramagna, and uh, his dog, Havoc, I believe, was his name, they were in the process of being certified They'd just been certified. Kevin and I started tagging along. John taught me how to do the initial tracking, and then I was doing a lot of work at night with uh, Todd Ramagna and, and his dog. Uh, we did this over the course of months, and I, I can't stress enough how much John and Todd were instrumental in us getting the program off the ground. And uh, unfortunately, Todd recently passed from, uh, from cancer, and he was a, a, a tremendous guy. And I, I think he's probably one of the biggest silent partners I've ever had in any of the programs we ever did. But the amount of work and the amount of knowledge that he gave us really was was key to getting the, the program off the ground. I reached back out after I got a little bit of what I was doing to uh, the Alpha Response, which was a guy named Dave and, and Joanne, they were the canine handlers from the class in Georgia. I explained to them how I would received a dog, I had done some training, kind of starting to get on the things, and, and they invited me to come up to their place in Canada to, to do a week of training with their dogs. So we jumped in the car, took a couple of great photos going over Niagara Falls, and we went international. So we spent a week in Canada, and I, I mean, it was, you know, fall Canada, the weather was, you know, not that great, but it was great for what we were doing. We did a lot, a lot of good work up there. Uh, tracks over a mile long, tracks over a day long. Just a, a tremendous knowledge for me and how to operate Kevin. I mean, you're not really teaching the dog anything. You're teaching yourself how to read the dog, right? The dog is doing what God put him on this earth to do. He He's picking up a scent and he's tracking it down. And to him, it's a giant game. He He obviously doesn't realize what we're doing to him. He just thinks, Hey, you know, I want to make my owner happy. He uh, wants me to find this, I smell it, I'm gonna go find it. Now, people don't realize too how sh- strong a dog's sense of smell is. And it was described to me once by Joanne. And I would always use this when I went with the kids because I would tell them, think about a pizza, right? We love pizza, you love pizza with all the toppings on it. What do you smell when the pizza's made? You smell pizza, that's it. You take a whiff, you're like, hmm, when a dog smells pizza, the dog smells the dough, the cheese, the sauce, the bacon, the pepperoni, the olive oil, the seasonings, everything that goes into that pizza, they individually smell. That's how good their sense of smell is compared to us. So we went up to Alpha Response in in Canada. We spent a week with them and uh, we started training in, like I said, in the fall of 2006. And then we went down to Virginia to the American Society of Canine Trainers in Culpeper, Virginia. And uh, we completed another certification program there. And now we were certified in tracking. We returned to Derby, uh, officially went into service on September, excuse me, October 1st of 2006. And then on November 6th of 2006, we were called to Marshall Lane Manor, which was a nursing home in town for a patient who had gone missing in the The patient was a special needs patient. They were a little bit younger, but they were in a nursing home. They were in their thirties. They had told the person that he was moving to a new facility and, you know, he couldn't handle the move. So he pushed his way by the staff, took off and ran away. I arrived on scene with uh, some of the members. They called us to help find the missing person. Very excited, right? My first dog call. So the staff tells me that the guy ran out of the main hallway and made a hard left and went down the hill. So I was able to get into his room. I took his pillow, right? Great scent article, put it in the hallway. I brought Kevin up. I gave him the the go word. Uh, Kevin had a couple different commands. Seek was his, you know, it's game time face. Uh, And the other one that was great was park because park, he would pee instantly. It was, it was uh, from the seeing eye school. It was how the dog knew when to go to the bathroom. So, you know, that was obviously a trick that worked great in a firehouse when you could just be, you know, the dog could be standing next to someone and you can just be like, you know, Kevin park and he would just pee. So, uh, those were his two commands. So I gave him the seek. I actually had, I would always, you know, you'd always take people with you. Uh, obviously we're not law enforcement. You'd always have a cover somebody to watch cause you're watching the dog, nothing else. Somebody's gotta be watching you. So I took one of the members, Mark Nimmons, who's a officer now in the Ansonia fire department. And like I said, the, the staff is like the guy went out the front door made a hard left 90 degree. We went out the front door and made a hard right, as, as hard of a right as we could have made. The staff is yelling. The guys are calling us on the radio. You're going the wrong way. The guy went down the hill, but I'm, I'm watching the dog. And I, I said, Kevin's on this, he's got this. So we're going uphill. And we, we got about two, three blocks away into a neighborhood, uh, going through some houses, through some yards. And again, to the point where it's me, Mark, and Kevin, the dog, and Everybody else had abandoned us because we were going the wrong way. So we, we get to this backyard where it was like a chest high wall. I wasn't gonna be able to get Kevin over. I wanted to go around the block, start on the other side of the wall. I said to Mark, can you just jump the fence, jump up over there, we'll meet you on the other side. And lo and behold, Mark jumped the fence and the guy was right there hiding underneath a deck. We were able to find him obviously uninjured and return him and it was like, holy cow, this worked again to Kevin. It was probably one of the easiest things he ever did. To us, it was like magic. Everybody was telling you the dog that the person went one way, the dog went in the polar opposite. But you know your dog. You're watching your dog, and he he did it. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. So Kevin uh, stayed in service from roughly about 2006 to 2012, 13 is when we kind of started uh, pulling him back. In his in his time though, Kevin, we actually had four uh we had the marshaling Manor incident we had a, a patient that uh with dementia that uh, wandered away from the er griffin hospital that we found we had a an elderly person up in seymour who it was actually they they walked out the front door of their uh building that they were in they were in like an assisted like a, a semi-assisted living facility and they walked out the front door walked completely around the building and walked in the back door and went into a multi-purpose room that's supposed to be closed that point at night. And when they realized the person was missing, they started everybody up. Uh, they, the Todd was off that night, so they called me, John called me, the Antona. I got up there, and it was one of the shortest, most successful tracks I ever did in my life, because we literally went right out the front door, right around the building, right in the back door, and you know kind of laughed a little bit about it. Uh, the other incident that I had that was successful was we had a uh, a, a younger gentleman, teenager. His he was having some trouble with his life. His parents he threatened to uh, hurt himself. His mother went to pick him up, and in the exchange of trying to talk him into coming home, he took off on foot into some woods, and uh, we we decided to uh to go look for him. The problem was my dog's name was Kevin and the patient's name was Kevin. It led to an extremely confusion confusing. Uh, incident because both the dog and the person we were looking for had the same name. So now as we're running through the woods and as we're going, everyone's yelling, Kevin, and it's just distracting the dog. So I had to finally tell everyone to, to stop and to, to give me some more room and to back off. And we ended up finding them uh, unharmed and, and everything ended well. But again, the, the, the comedy side of it, if you will, was we, you know, the situation I never thought I would have where my dog was the same name as the victim and they trying to find him became a problem. So those were, was really Kevin's days. And, you know, Kevin was a tremendous, tremendous dog. He, um, he did a, a great job of just, I was obviously devastated when uh, Kevin passed. Kevin passed in the, on New Year's Eve of 2015 uh he was diagnosed with cancer so uh you know th- at that point it had worn him out but he he was a tremendous tremendous dog and i i anyone who's had a dog any dog persons right you know how much you miss them when they're gone and i i do i think about him a lot he uh I, that's when i was working full time on the ambulance and derby through uh the, the management company we were using at the time so he came to work with me every day he was you know At the firehouse every day one of my favorite pictures i have in the fire service right we all have those pictures that we love i got the picture of my grandfather with my brother and i on a hose line when we were little kids at the fire school you know i got all those but the one the two of us typical firemen were both downstairs sleeping on the couches and both passed passed out sleeping on the couch and that's one of my favorite fire service pictures because i i it was me and kevin and kevin was a great dog uh around mid 2015, I'm sorry, 2014, I started thinking about Kevin's replacement. So I was able to get a dog donated by Alpha Response and uh, Canada, and his name was Poncho. Poncho began his training and and, uh, we were actually lucky because I was able to get the Archie Morrison Derby to make a donation. And the Carroll family, uh, Maureen Carroll, good, good friends of my parents. Uh, they gave us a generous donation in, in honor of their son, PJ, and we were able to put him through training with Superior Canine out of New King. And they were a great company. Uh, Frank, he you know trains numerous, numerous police canines in our area, and uh, it was you know kind of new for him to train somebody for Just Search and Rescue. Most of his training, obviously, were drug dogs and police dogs, and, and so tracking is part of it, but it wasn't the big part Where with that we were able to get kevin or excuse me poncho into service pretty uh pretty quick and uh, a little bit more by now you know from from 2005 to 2016 canine training had become a little bit more organized a little bit more uh, a little bit quicker a little bit more set up if you will and um, we actually were able to get him in service by the end of 2016 he did a great job uh, poncho he's still poncho still going he was the differences between the two dogs are, are mind blowing, right? Kevin was very laid back. Uh, I always say Kevin was much more laid back, much more calculating. Pancho is much more all over the place. He, he pulls hard. He's, he's a harder worker. He, you know, I, during training one time, we were, you know, a bunch of police canine units, uh, Fairfield, all of a sudden we see something moving through the woods. We're trying to figure out what that is. We, somebody thought it was a bear. And I looked back at at the my car and the window was down. And in Pancho's excitement in the car and seeing the dogs, he stepped on the window button and the window came down and he took off after one of the guys going to do a track. He he had that that strong drive. During my final exam with the uh, with him, I went to go hook him up on his on his harness. So right, you kinda got you straddle the dog, you put the harness over his head. Well, he jumped up and caught me right in the face. And you know it's like when you get popped in the nose, right? Your eyes start watering. So it's like, now I got to do this. I'm, I'm taking my final test. I'm like my eyes are watery. My nose is like killing me. I, I don't know if I like. I'm like what I just got hit. What happened? But, but thank God again, the smart end of the leash is them, and Pancho was able to pull us through. He uh, he had, he did a good job. He had a couple of uh, find. We, we assisted in finding some missing hikers in the Ansonia Nature Center, and uh, February twenty seventeen. We assisted with a uh, overdose patient that overdosed on our Riverwalk. He called for help, and then he was un, uh, unable to to speak or to get any information out. So we were able to track him on the Riverwalk. We were able to locate him. Uh, the The one I was most proud of, of Pancho's career was in uh, May of 2019. We had had a, a younger special needs patient got into a, a verbal argument with his parents and took off and you know ran away from his parents. They they called the cops. The cops got to us. And we got down there, and we, we actually tracked him to the edge of the highway and then down a massive cliff, uh, like off the embankment, if you will, of the on-ramp. But I was too afraid to try to get the dog down there at night, so I just radioed and sent a team around. And they were able to locate him, and we were able to return him with, with uninjured. So that was, I was very, very proud of him for that one. And, uh, you know, Pancho, he's been a, an absolute tremendous asset. And uh, Poncho's actually retiring now. Um, and I, 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 as much as it pains me, this is gonna be the end of the ambulance course search and rescue program for the canine. And, and we had a good run. We made it you know, just about 20 years between the two dogs, uh, a little bit less, I should say about 18, uh, 17, 18 years between the two dogs. And I was very, very proud of them. They, they all did a tremendous work. Uh, there were so many people too that assisted us, like I said, throughout the, the course of these things seymour police department you know todd remarked, the seymour vet hospital they provided us with free veterinary care they still do for poncho they, they did with kevin and that's a tremendous cost savings of the program right you know like anything even even in the human resources world benefits are the most expensive part of the package so they were uh, provided us with free vet care you know joanne brenner she uh, was with alpha response in canada she currently runs a uh, program out of california called canine medic and they're a program they they uh they do canine training for uh, injuries you know basically an emt class for dogs and uh tremendous i i actually you know i took the program um you're starting ivs on dogs you're doing things like that so it's it's a tremendous program and i, I highly recommend them uh, all the members of the storms i want to thank them i can't tell you how how many times those guys had to go hide, you know, crawl through the woods, hide in a tree, take off and run. And over the years, a lot of them changed you know, uh, and, and grew up. You know, Alex and Brian and Cooper and Buddy and, and Mark. Uh, uh, there was just so many guys that would go hide. Any anybody knew that came in, we were like, "Hey, go to this address and get lost in the woods," just because we, we needed people to hide. And the, and the guys from the firehouse, and especially the kids at the time, and now they're all grown up. But they they did a tremendous, tremendous job of helping the program and keeping it going um, obviously my my family my wife my daughters they were tremendous and in, in keeping it going and, and helping and always being supportive of it my sister brie i've come to the conclusion that both dogs must have thought that my sister was the dumbest human on earth because every week she would get lost somewhere and they'd have to go find her so she was very very helpful with everything and, and uh keeping the program going and, and like i said these Little programs that you could offer your community, the, the simple search and rescue cannon program. I mean, I was dispatched and responded to over the course of the years. Every town around me, uh, you know, sometimes multiple towns away, they a lot. It's an asset that, that you could have for relatively cheap. I mean, it's a bag of dog food a week. The vet care was taken care of. Uh, a lot of the, the equipment was easily donated. And as the you know, leaders in the fire service, especially the volunteer fire service, there's money out there and it's in your community and you have to go find it. And it's not that hard to find. Go to your local businesses, establish relationships with them. I lucked out at Walmart. The hospital was an easy one. You know, Archie Moore's, uh, Eric was a great, when Archie Moore's was in Derby, Eric was a tremendous supporter of the ambulance Corps. Uh, even Archie Moore's closed and the Riverwalk Social opened up. Uh, they even supported it. They, the businesses are there and they wanna help the community. Be the organization that they give the money to, you know, because if you don't get it, they're going to give it to another organization or, or it's going to sit there. So make those relationships, establish those programs. A small community. We established a canine program for, you know, 15, a little bit more than 15 years. And it, it was successful. You know, that's six stories of, of helping people in need with a, a, a simple program that cost under $5,000 to get off the ground, run and run that whole time. So that's it for this week uh, for the volley chief. Like I said, I'm in uh, Florida for a little bit. So I, I apologize if the posting on the social media has been light. When I get home next week, I'm focusing on beginning the video side of this. We've got a lot of good feedback on the uh, last week's episode with chief Ellis from Brookfield. I actually already scheduled him to come uh, back. I've got a schedule uh, coming up. I'm going to release some shows. I'm, as I said, I'm getting out of Connecticut. I got a couple Chiefs from outside of Connecticut that we're going to be interviewing very soon. I'm very excited about that. And like I always say, if you want to be on the show, if you want to talk, fire me an email, thevolleychief at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to have you on the show. Uh, We're going to be starting videos soon. So we'll be uploading to YouTube. But until then, follow us on our social media. Most important thing for you to do to help the algorithms of the world is to subscribe and like the posts. Have a great night. Stay safe.